It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And this is Branded, your comprehensive guide to creative branding. Hey, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about, well, exactly that. We're going to be talking about personal branding. We're going to take a look at what it means to have a personal brand and what are some of the key elements of a personal brand. And I think another thing that we should really talk about is what people have done wrong um, and what are the common mistakes that go into a personal brand. Well, and what is it? I mean, what's a personal brand in the first place, Sarah? I mean, if you were to look at, I mean, your company obviously is Favorite Daughter Media, and there's a little bit of personal branding that went into the name of your company. So from, from your perspective, I mean, how did you uh, weave in your personal brand into the, into the name of your business? You know, I just really wanted to make sure my sister knew where she stood. I am totally lying. I I don't think that's a problem. (laughs) No, I think um, there was a lot of thought that went into my brand. There was a lot of um, kind of sitting down and looking like internally about what I want uh, from my brand. And when I was trying to come up with a name, I read all of the articles about how to name a company, all of the different things of people were saying, ask like five friends, what words they would describe you with and then incorporate those into the name. And I tried that. I texted a bunch of people. But when I thought about kind of who I am and what, I guess kind of like who I am, who I feel I am to like myself, my brain kept going back to my family and to this relationship I've always had with my father. That's been just a really special relationship my whole life. And am I the favorite daughter? Of course not. No one chooses favorites. I totally am. But I've just had, because of the special relationship we always had, um, I might not be the favorite daughter, but it is my favorite relationship that I have in my life. And I took that made it into favorite daughter just to kind of give it a little edge because it's memorable now and people really um, love my brand name. People uh, talk about it all the time and ask questions about it, which is just really funny because I have to say, no, 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 I'm not actually the favorite. But it's just something that really resonated with me personally. And I figured it's a personal brand. It's got to be personal to me and authentic. And that was just where I landed. You hit us in all the feels there for a second, talking about, you know, the special relationship you had with your dad. But I was still a little distracted because I'm curious when you asked people for five words to describe you. I'm kind of curious what those words ended up being. Yeah, I uh, I wish I could remember all of them, but I do remember kind of the uh, the main themes. And a lot of it was around kind of like strength uh, because I've always been very strong in my opinions, strong in my convictions. And um, so strength was one of them. 
Um, one of them um, was around humor. Um, I use humor as a coping mechanism. So I'm always making jokes when I'm uncomfortable. Um, so one was that you're really funny. Um, and it was what was interesting is a lot of them use words that I wouldn't use to describe myself. In the preview episode that we put out, uh, we had talked about how people act may act differently at conferences. And yeah. the part of my personality that comes out in those environments is very bubbly and kind of like hyper and just like this really big personality. And some of the words that I was given describe that person, but that's not so much a person that I really resonate with because that's just like the persona that comes out at those events. So that was interesting to see that there are friends in my life that only know me as basically as my personal brand. It's interesting too, because that leads us into that authenticity conversation. You know, it, it can definitely, and if you haven't heard the previous episode, go back and listen to our episode uh, from the Outlier Podcast Festival that we went to. And we, we dive deep into some of the quote unquote, I guess, personalities that I adopt from time to time, depending on the conversations. So check that conversation out. But, you know, I, I think at least from my perspective, it is uh, still authentic. And, and we talk about that a little bit. And it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to grasp it, but I, I think we have, I don't know, overall our brand is is who we are. Uh, you know, it's our uniqueness and it's the way we use that uniqueness uh, in the service of others. Um, but I think regardless of whatever personality we were, we're, we're leveraging maybe at, a t at that time, that uniqueness shines through. And it's that same commitment to the client. It's that same commitment to the goal. It's that same commitment to listen and to connect and be able to communicate uh, from, from not just our perspective, but from whoever we're talking to, their perspective as well. Absolutely. That can yeah. be the biggest challenge. Yeah. And I mean, I, I told my story. So Red Hat, where did this come from? <laughs> the famous well, red hat yeah no the red hat is it, it was an accident and a lot of people ask for the story of the red hat because you know obviously i i if, if you've seen me anywhere it regard it doesn't even matter where it's at if i'm at home i'm wearing the red hat if i go to the store i'm wearing the red hat if i, I go to a conference i'm wearing the red hat no matter where i'm at I, i'm wearing the red in the shower I wear the red hat, so it never comes off. I think it might be surgically implanted, but no, it was an accident. You know, I was uh, really actually, ironically enough, I was giving a talk about personal podcast branding. How do you establish a personal podcast brand? And it was at uh, an event called PodFest Origins. It was a small version of the larger podcast uh, PodFest conference. And it was in Tampa, uh, Tampa, Florida. And I went up and gave my talk. And what I did for this particular conference is because, I mean, if we look at the demographics of podcasting, uh, a lot of your podcasters are a younger demographic. And, um, well, I may have been born before, before most of these folks. So I, I was working hard to be able to relate to a younger audience. So I was wearing a hat that was branded with the Supreme logo. If you're not familiar with Supreme, it's what all those wacky kids were wearing a couple of years ago. It's just a red, everything they have is red. And then in big, bold font, it just says Supreme. And typically it's a high dollar type brand. Um, I, one example, I mean, the hat was, it was a little over a hundred bucks. It's what I spent on a ball cap, right? Uh, so it, it was 
judging yeah. so much. Yeah. So um, a little ridiculous in all honesty. But what I ended up doing was I was wearing that red hat. I came off stage and a good friend of mine, Alex Sanfilippo, uh, he's the founder and owner of Podmatch. And uh, we give each other a hard time whenever we come off stage. It's just in fun. It's just what we do. And I came down off stage. He gave me a hard time. And he goes, hey, man, but for real, um, why are you wearing that Supreme hat? And I told him, it's just I was trying to relate to a younger audience and kind of look cool, whatever it may be. And he goes, man, I, I, I love what you're doing. And I love, you know, your, your, the way you, you talk and the way you present yourself. But unless they're paying you, uh, you probably shouldn't be fronting somebody else's merch. You should be wearing your branded merch. And he goes, but I love the red because, again, the Supreme hat was red. He goes, but lose their logo and just make it yours. Because uh, for those of you that have never met me, you know, I'm a pretty big guy. I'm about 6'3", around 240. Uh, so I already stand out in a crowd, and I'm very loud, too. That's part of my personal brand is I'm very loud and boisterous. And Alex is like, dude, when you put that red hat on you, it's like a lighthouse. It's like a beacon in the night people can find you in a crowd and so it to me it made sense so i went home and i took that supreme hat off tossed it to the side and i went on amazon and i i bought me a six dollar there i think they're about 13 now but they were six bucks at the time a six dollar unbranded flat bill red hat and i started wearing that going forward and it was literally no time before i started seeing some of the benefits of having that recognizable red hat uh, you know, I, I travel all over the country, attend just about every podcast conference there is, typically speak at each of these conferences. So I, I do get some exposure at the events, but people started recognizing me as the red hat guy. And it really resonated. This event that I talked about where the red hat was born was in November. And the following March, I went to Bitcoin Miami, which obviously it's in Miami, Florida. It's a Bitcoin event. It's the largest Bitcoin conference in the world. Roughly 35,000 people were in attendance at this event. And over the course of the three days, multiple people found me in that sea of 35,000 people and came up to me and said, oh, you're the podcast guy. I've got a podcast question. So that just really drove home the power of having that brand, having that recognizable element to me and what I do. People see me on stage, but they didn't necessarily remember my name, which that's something I need to work on, but they definitely remembered the hat. So even though they didn't know my name, I had this recognizable element that transcended just being a red hat. They knew that the guy under the red hat had this very strong personal brand in the podcasting space. So they knew that if they found the red hat guy, they could get all their podcast questions answered. So that was a bit of a foundational element to my own personal brand. And that's how the red hat was born. It's funny because I remember the first big conference that I went to before me and you really knew each other. We had met. You just didn't remember. We did not meet. But <laughs> we had met. Um, but I was there with some people who had never been to a podcast event. They were new to podcasting, so they had no idea who you were. And I think one of them was in the comedy space and you had got your roots in comedy. So I wanted to introduce you guys. So you're walking past and I just like, hey, red hat guy. And the people I'm with are like, oh my God, that's so rude. Like, why, why would you call him that? Call him by his name. I'm like, that's who he is. It's not rude. He expects it. He is the red hat guy. Yeah, yeah. But people didn't realize it because they were just so new to the industry. But I feel like at this point, if I say the red hat guy, everyone knows who I'm talking about. 
maybe not everybody, but we're getting there. But you know, one of the things I'm doing now, and one of the lessons that I learned is it's, it's great to have that recognizable element, but now how do you start getting the attention yourself? How do you redirect it from the red hat and have people remember your name? And that's where I think the real elements of personal branding come into play. You know, they already knew that the red hat guy uh, knew about podcasting, but did they know how he treats his clients? Did they know how he runs his business? Did, he, did they know his internal value structure and how that supported the clients that he works with? Did they understand all of that? And then did they, did they start transferring that to a name? They go, oh, Larry Roberts. Oh, he's the red hat guy. Oh, he's the podcast guy. Oh, he's the branding guy. Oh, he's the. And I love for them to know the name because that lets me know that that personal brand is now starting to transcend just a logo or just a, a, a hat or an element. That element helps me stand out and it gets me recognition. But now people are starting to understand that that goes well beyond the brand that I offer for my customers and clients. It's interesting. I just had like my own little epiphany. So you had said how you're this big guy, you wear this red hat and it's like a lighthouse. People can find you. And I've said uh, several times that when I'm at conferences, I become this person who's bigger than I am. Um, I'm louder. I'm more outgoing versus at home or just like with my friends, I'm actually pretty reserved. I'm pretty quiet. And I think maybe subconsciously I'm doing that because I'm small. I'm five foot tall. I get mixed in with children regularly. I get people looking at me like who brought their child to this conference. I've seen you in person. You're lucky if you're 4'11". I am five foot, I promise. <laughs> um, but that's that's the thing. It's like, because I'm so small, I'm easily kind of passed over. So I think subconsciously, I make my personality bigger to try to make myself bigger. Yeah. And, and, I never and, thought and, about that. Well, I think it's critical for everybody to do that. You know, uh, there's a motivational speaker by the name of Larry Wingett, who said that uh, you need to find your uniqueness and then learn how to leverage that uniqueness in the service of others. So how do you leverage that small but big personality at conferences? How do you put that into action? That's the thing. I don't, I'm not sure I even know the answer to that because I do it so subconsciously. It's not something that I do on purpose, but it's, it's something I'm now known for my larger than life personality that isn't inauthentic. It's just not the version of me that comes out the most often. Well, and that's what led me to, I just had the question pop in my head. If you're doing it subconsciously, does that mean it's authentic? I think so, because I think it to be inauthentic, you need to be actively trying to do something different and actively trying to be someone else or be something that you're not. This is an authentic piece of me, but it's one that just doesn't come out in every environment. So it's authentic to the environment that I'm put in, if that makes sense. No, it definitely makes sense. But it leads to the other question in that if that's your personality in, in a conference environment or in a crowded environment, does that same personality transcend into an online environment? You know, because here we are, we're doing a podcast and you're not really loud right now. You know, you're not jumping up and down saying, hey, can I do this or that? 
which I've seen you do at conferences. You don't hesitate to yell out from the audience and engage with the speaker. So does that transfer over and is it a detriment if it doesn't? I think it transfers over in a way. I don't feel I need to be loud because I have a microphone, Um, but I'm, I feel like when I'm on a podcast, I speak more than the rest of my day. I work remotely from home. So I could go an entire day without saying words out loud. But if you put me no, you on could. a pod, there's not a no, no, you couldn't. Come on. It's happened. No, it hadn't. It has happened. Uh, Other than me saying good morning to my dogs and ooh, big stretch when they have their morning stretch, because I'm not a monster. <laughs> but there are days that I feel like I just don't actually use my voice. But then you put me on a podcast and I could talk for hours because it's topics that I'm passionate about and I can just go on and on and on. And I probably do ramble because I'm, I don't shut up about it. So I definitely think that's that piece of that uh, kind of personality that does come out in this environment. Yeah, it's interesting because I, th- I think that's sometimes, especially with a personal brand, there gets to be some confusion. Uh, because you do see that personality in conferences and then maybe with your online personality, which is absolutely critical for everything we do with our personal brand, our our digital reflection uh, speaks directly to who we are and what we are and what our brand represents. And sometimes we can see that disconnect because we can see that loud Larry when he's on stage or when he's at a conference and then online, I'm pretty quiet too, in all honesty. You know, I don't do a whole lot of jokey jokes on social media, at least anymore. And sometimes I wonder if that's a detriment to myself because, I mean, my personality, I love telling jokes. I love being silly. I love acting up. But I'm afraid that if I act up too much, it's going to have a negative impression on my personal brand, which is a direct reflection of my professional brand because, well, I'm an entrepreneur. I run my own business. So anything that I do online reflects directly back or can reflect directly back on my business. So it's kind of a challenge there to maintain that personal brand that you have in a convention or uh, an event type space as compared to how we are on social media, on our Instagram or how we create. I mean, I can't think of the last time I created a reel that was just silly. Just, you know, me being silly, me doing a joke or me uh, doing a, a TikTok challenge or something silly like that, because I just I just don't because I'm afraid of the damage it could do to my personal brand. I will pay real money to have you do any of the current like TikTok dances, <laughs> like open checkbook, blank check, let's go. I need this in my life. I mean, I could bust out a pretty solid crip walk. Um, okay, well, we're not choosing sides here, but <laughs> <laughs> we're not starting a turf war on the branded podcast. I mean, I'm seeing that maybe it's just my feed, but I see a lot of a lot of crip walk instructionals out there right now for some reason. Seems I have be- not seen that since like 2004. I, I saw one this morning at like 10.04. So <laughs> really, we have very different algorithms on our TikToks. I saw a rescue of a puppy from a pond, and that is my usual content. <laughs> yeah, so. That is what I'm on the internet for. Uh, <laughs> Getting back to what we were talking about is, is compared to our TikToks. Um, how do you face that? I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you handle that? I think it's, it's definitely something that I, I've struggled with and I've been thinking about as well. I think some of it comes down to understanding 
our personal brands and our professional brands and where that line is drawn. But for me, I don't feel like there is really that distinct line. And I also don't really feel like I need one. Um, The way that I think of personal and professional brands is the professional brand is tied to a company. So like when you were in your IT job, you even, we talked in that intro episode about how you would act differently in the office because that was a professional brand and it was tied to a different company. But I think with our personal uh, brands, I my desk a lot. I don't know if we want to talk about that as my professional brand or not, but <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have my homies that would come by every two hours and go, Hey bro, you awake? <laughs> it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> um, but I think if we're going to be building a personal brand and we're going to tie it to somebody else's company, that is a detriment to who we are as a brand, just because if you leave that company or something happens that you're no longer associated with that company, you lose your brand and you kind of lose that piece of you. So for me, my brand is tied to my company, but my company is me. And I worked very strategically to build everything within my company around who I am as a person and kind of creating it as a personal brand so that I don't have to feel like I need to change anything personally to reflect anything professionally. Right. And if somebody gets to know my brand and thinks this girl's not for me, I don't like who she is. Don't work with me. That's fine. Um, Like go find someone who you resonate with more, but the people who do connect with who I am are the people I want to work with. So yeah. I purposely didn't draw that line. Totally agree 100%. And it, it, it gets difficult. But I think the, the, the biggest things that we can remember when we're establishing our personal brand is it, it, it kind of goes beyond just a logo, right? It goes beyond just being the favorite daughter. It goes beyond just the red hat. Um, it's the way we conduct ourselves regardless of where we're at. And it can look a little bit different depending on the scenario. But just like, you know, you mentioned that you're, you're, personas or subconscious uh, to me that still says it's authentic and uh, i know when we talked about it on the previous episode of my various varying personalities or personas depending on the conversation very subconscious uh so would consider that to be fairly authentic as well but it it really boils down to how people perceive us and if they perceive you as being authentic then that's definitely an authentic reflection on your personal brand yeah i agree i think I've never um, purposely tried to be something else. So even if I come off as something that is a little different than who I am, it's still me. It's just somewhere else. And why are you laughing at me? No, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at me because I have definitely, over the course of my few years (laughs) on this planet, uh, tried to be something that I'm not. And uh, there's pictures out there to prove it, especially that, you know, a good friend of mine back in high school, he used to get a lot of really, really hot chicks and he was a cowboy and it would frustrate the heck out of me. And he's like, well, bro, you got to be a cowboy if you want to get some hot chicks. So I've seen this photo of you. (laughs) I went to grandma, said, grandma, I want to make your dream come true because grandma always wanted me to be a cowboy. I said, if you'll buy it, I'll go out and I'll buy me a cowboy outfit. She said, Larry, I'll be more than happy to do that, honey, but you got to get your picture made if I do. (laughs) 
And I said, yes, ma'am, that'll work. So I went out and I bought me a Stetson hat. I bought me a brush popper shirt, bought me some Wranglers, bought me some Ropers, bought me a belt, bought me a duster even. I mean, I went all out and um, immediately went and had my picture made. And then Mike, who was my friend, we went out and it was a New Year's. I don't remember what, if it was, might've been 89 or 90, New Year's of 89 or 90. We went out and... Yeah, I couldn't get one chick to even look at me or talk to me in that cowboy outfit. So it didn't quite so work. I've seen that photo. Yeah. And if you would like a list of reasons why, <laughs> I would be happy to provide them. <laughs> and I will just say, one, that photo haunts my nightmares. And two, I'm very glad I was not yet alive when this <laughs> happened. You might have chosen not to. You know what? No, I'm just if that's the world I'm entering, I don't want any part of it. So I'm good. I'm a stay. I'm a stay in in the egg. It's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the the moral of that story is definitely be authentic in whatever you're doing, and that's one of the most absolutely critical components to establishing a really really strong personal brand. But keep in mind that it transcends just what you're doing. It transcends just a red hat. It transcends just being the favorite daughter. Uh, it goes into everything that we do, including your digital reflection. Uh, the way you handle yourself, the way you conduct your business, and it even you know puts itself, you'll see it blend over into uh, the relationships that you establish while you're building that personal brand. So hopefully that will help uh, clarify some things as far as personal branding goes. Yeah, and I think um, we kind of grazed a lot of these topics and um, I think that's great since we're just getting started. So now everyone knows what to look forward to because we're going to dive so deep into a lot of these topics. We're going to look at all the dis different aspects of our brands, what goes into building it, the mistakes that people have made, what to look out for. And I'm really excited to really dig into those because we do have uh, such different um, point of views. I think we have a definitely have the age and generation gap and we've got the experience uh, differences. I really, I don't understand why you have to keep rubbing that in. I don't, I don't get it. You know, I got to have fun somehow. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm really excited to kind of com uh, compare our uh, ways of thinking about this stuff. And I, I think we can offer a lot of value on these topics. So I'm excited to dig into these. Cool deal, man. Yeah, and if you're listening right now and you found some value in this episode, do us a favor and subscribe to the show so we can continue to bring you new episodes of Branded each and every week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.